0: No, I'm feeling so good with the plate of cookies uh, <laughs> in front of me. These homemade, beautiful—I know—knickknacks with I know, right? chocolate and alcohol in it.
1: Carol and I have had a really nice evening together. We went out for dinner and celebrated my birthday.
0: Yay! And Happy
1: birthday! We did. Yes, thank you very much. I really appreciate you.
0: And we exchanged gifts, which is always fun.
1: And uh, we'll have to next season talk about what carol gave to me it's a cliffhanger it's <laughs> well tell you it's something that we talked about actually this season and if you no, know what it is no you can tell us on instant media or, and you'll uh, win instagram and you'll
0: win a prize,
1: and you'll, win a prize. And you'll win a night out with carol where she'll no. get you drunk and buy you dinner <laughs> <I> w-
0: no <laughs> but the big hit of the evening was keanu reeves
1: <laughs> yes Carol got me the sweetest t-shirt of Keanu Reeves with a bunch of baby animals. Um, He's feeding like a bird and there's a bunny and a goat and a sheep and it's the
0: best thing ever. And I cannot wait to wear that t-shirt. And and Holly got me my own mini mothman. Yes, I did. a mini mothman
1: that would look great on a christmas tree (laughs) it's amazing
0: it's got the wings the eyes the it even has fur on its Mm -hmm. on its body yep so like if i just you know needed a petting i can just go pet the mothman
1: i think you can sleep with it like a like a stuffed animal Mm -hmm. but you just want to be careful of his wings okay so
0: we're gonna start our last episode for 2021 with a shot a fireball whiskey. I drink all my we've never <laughs> Oh God.
1: hold on. Carol also gave me a nice bottle of sparkling uh, Moscato. So I'm gonna drink that. Okay. Because I already drink all my fireball. Yeah. Fireballs.
0: And um we we've we've had some good times over fireball whiskey. So this is a good way for us to end our end our season. Ooh, bubbles. Salute to season two. Robbie. Salute. Here we go. So, who's going to go first? Mm.
1: I'm going to go first, and I am doing the, um. wow, I really shouldn't have had anything to drink before I was going to say this. I'm doing the abominable snowman. Oh, <laughs> my lord.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Josh. This is going to be um, mm-hmm. a blooper. Yeah,
1: so the word about abominable, forget about it, you guys. Um, I'm not that
0: articulate. I wonder if we could just have a nickname for him. Well, Bomby.
1: yeah, Yeti. 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 He's a yeti. But um, I'm going to, that abominable snowman thing, I'm going to talk about where that came from. Okay. If I can stay lucid and and able to speak of all the alcohol. I believe in you. So the abominable snowman, otherwise known as the yeti. The yeti is an ape-like creature that walks around on two legs or sometimes four legs. Hmm. It usually dons brown or reddish brown fur. It has sharp teeth and it's known to live in the himalayan mountains the yetis are known to make their living creating really nice drinkware coolers and other merchandise (laughs) that keeps your cold drinks cold and your warm drinks warm yeti is the best it is they forage the wilderness of the himalayan mountain range looking for special metals and insulators they can build into their awesome products and once a year they come out of their elusive habitat to attend sales conferences and meet with their marketing team
0: (laughs) i love it (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I have a Yeti Rambler, which essentially is a thermos. I love that thing. It goes with me everywhere I go. <laughs> no, this is not an ad for Yetis. We're
0: always... You know what we we always do on our episodes? We're always selling products <laughs> we are we're selling I products feel like that we are like, not being paid to sell i feel like we're the paranormal
1: qvc mm, we kind of are uh, ladies <laughs> <laughs> but no i like it because um i can put ice in there and it lasts for like days it's so oh, nice no. i love
0: it so great for campers and we are the camping fireside show that's
1: true so if you're gonna go camping get some yeti gear like a cooler and a thermos and mm-hmm. You'll be good. But yeah, I love that stuff. So it might be a good Christmas gift if you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet. So anyways, I digress. The term abominable snowman came about when a BBC journalist named Henry Newman did a piece on some hikers who had just returned from Mount Everest. Newman. Hello, Newman. Newman. Uh, During the course of the interview, the explorers told Newman
0: Newman. that they
1: found some rather strange footprints in the snow up on the mountain. Their guides had told them it was the Mita Kangmi. What? what? Uh, Yes, the Mita Kangmi, which translated into English means man bear pig, which is amazing (laughs) because... (laughs) South Park also has a character Named Man Bear Pig
0: Of course they do
1: No I'm sorry It does not mean Man Bear Pig It means Man Bear Snowman Oh Okay so that's what it really means. I was just making a joke. Oh, okay. um, when he translated it, Newman correctly got snowman, but he translated the word meatah to mean dirty or filthy. But he liked the term abominable better than dirty, yeah. which according to dictionary.com, abominable means repugnantly hateful, detestable, loathsome, very unpleasant, disagreeable, bad, poor, or inferior. <laughs> So Newman called the Yeti the Abominable Snowman and published it as such in his article. And I'm sure that the Rankin and Bass team took it and ran with it when they they needed a villain for Rudolph and the Elf Dentist to battle in the stop motion animated TV special, Mm -hmm. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which further cemented the Abominable Snowman term into our consciousness. The word yete from the Sherpa dialect, the term means cliff-dwelling bear or animal of rocky places. There is a great YouTube video on a channel called Monstrum that explains the history of the Yeti. And I got some of my information there, but it's pretty good. I really
0: enjoyed it. So what's the difference between Yeti and yete? Isn't it's it the, a, it's same the same thing? It's the same thing, but so oh, okay. the word
1: yeti they think is just a mispronunciation of the oh, Sherpa f- word yete. yete.
0: Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah.
1: So, there have been stories forever about this elusive Yeti hanging out in the snow-covered mountains of the Himalayas. Yeti lore actually dates back as far as the 12th century, as the Himalayan people have been talking about a glacier being that they worshipped as a god of the hunt. Other indigenous people to the area are said to have used the blood of the, quote, wild man, unquote, in their ceremonies and described him as, quote, From Wikipedia an ape-like creature who carries a large stone as a weapon and makes a whistling swoosh sound end quote Hmm. does that sound like anyone we know Carol a whistling swish sound with a big large
0: boulder yeah I think they're copying our um, our Bigfoot that's right or Sasquatch are we copying their Yeti
1: 12th century BC man Mm mm-hmm I mean, they've got to be cousins, at
0: the very least. At, yeah, distant relatives.
1: But isn't it interesting to you that these legends have spanned the globe mm-hmm. from all these different cultures and places? Everyone says, yeah, they exist, but yet we never can find them. And I just think that's really kind of interesting, personally.
0: It's There's something to to stories when so many people collaborate with yeah. them. Yeah, It and, becomes yeah. reality because so many people... Yeah, have yeah. seen it or seen aspects of this creature.
1: Evidence of it. Yetis are believed to mostly live in the forests of the Himalayans, but will travel in elevation in search of food, which will consist of moss and animals like frogs and uh, pikas. And people. Do they eat people?
0: I don't know. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> they probably I, eat people. I don't know if they do.
0: They're uh, monsters.
1: Well, the um, information I have might change your mind. Oh. As the legend goes, the yetis only come out at night and are usually heard and not seen as they emit a high-pitched scream or a whistle that lets you know that one is close by. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to do a high-pitched whistle. That's okay.
0: I don't think it would translate into the microphone very well. (laughs) Probably not.
1: (laughs) Many of the stories passed down over the centuries of the yetis show them as a kind and considerate towards people. In 1667, Lama Sangwa Dorji, a Buddhist, moved to a cave in Nepal so that he could live out his life as a religious hermit. He claimed that yetis would bring him food and water while he resided in the cave. So they're very considerate animals or wow. monsters. Yes. Um, he eventually took the scalp of a yeti after it died as a sacred object that he kept in his temple. Eventually, a yeti hand was added to his temple. What and a weirdo. Used- I know a little weird and used in blessing rituals by the monks. Hmm. The scalp and hand were not allowed to be removed from the temple for hundreds of years as they were considered so sacred to the monks then in 1959 a man named Peter Byrne was able to get access to the hand so this is where things get weird he replaced a few of the fingers on the hand with human fingers
0: no I knew the guy was weird when he started just chopping off his scalp and like (laughs) saving his hand this is not
1: the same guy this is some other guy oh oh.
0: who
1: who came there I think he's like an English can we apologize
0: already I one shot and I'm (laughs) <laughs> to the, sheets to to the win.
1: i gotta pay attention here yes so no that guy died a long time ago and the monks kept the hide in the hand okay and they would use it like in their ceremonies which where he got these i don't know he was just like i just happen to have a real live human hand in my back pocket i'm just gonna take some of these yeti fingers and i'm gonna put some people fingers in their place <laughs>
0: That's just weird. And what is his explanation? Why did he want people fingers I, on the Yeti hand? I don't know why. I don't is know. Is he doing some hybrid experiments? I don't know why he fingered that Yeti Is he hand. like funding? <laughs> is, he, is he like getting funding for some hybrid? I don't know. Hybrid uh, Yeti research? I think he's doing his COVID-19 research. That's what it's for. So
1: many um, stories and legends about the Yeti have been passed down through the years. Many visual accounts have been disproved and photographs debunked, but in 1952, the Yeti started to gain more prominence when a group of mountaineers, led by Eric Shipton, found some very impressive footprints in the snow. Footprints. It's always the footprints. It's always the footprints. It pretty much is for the Yeti. Mm -hmm. Back in the middle of the 19th century, climbing to the top of Mount Everest was all the rage, as it still is. Right. Hikers found that trying to use the north side of the mountain to reach the summit was not working, so a team of British mountaineers tried to find a southwestern route to the top. Once their expedition was complete, the men headed back down the mountain. On their way down, the men came across a set of prints that looked like barefoot human tracks with a big toe and three other small toes indented into the snow. Hmm. The tracks were quite fresh as no snow had melted into them yet. They took a series of pictures of these tracks. In the photos, they compared a hiking axe to the size of the tracks as well as their own boots. The tracks were over 12 inches long and wider than the men's boots. The men followed the tracks for about a mile, and then they came to a crevasse. The prince stopped at the crevasse and then reappeared on the other side of the crevasse, indicating that the yeti had jumped across it.
0: I think you like the word crevasse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: crevasse. Crevasse. I want to crevasse your crevasse it's a crevasse (laughs) oh shit i almost spilled my drink there were indents into the snow where the yeti had dug its toes in on the other side eventually the men had to abort their interest in the trail and head back to their original path so no further investigation was conducted so carol i'd like to show you the photo well this is the most famous of the photos that they found
0: Mm -hmm. there it is That is a very fat foot. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a bear. It really does. Or
1: it's a very skinny pickaxe. I don't know.
0: There's a tracks. Oh, yeah. Ooh, That's very compelling. Could that be somebody snowshoeing? Uh, Barefoot? I don't think so. Probably not. Like I would design snowshoes that look like um, a Yeti foot just to <laughs> freak out people. You know what? I think today I think if you be find really tracks, fun. you have to go, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. I think that'd be really fun to do. Yeah. And have everybody like, yeah. they're
1: everywhere. Oh my God, Yetis are taking over. So when this story and the photographs hit the press in 1952, it started a much bigger interest in the Yeti legend. The quote unquote shipton print, which is the close up photo of the Yeti track next to the pickaxe, became widely publicized and interesting Yeti hunting blew up. The pictures uh, from the expedition, we will make sure to put a link to that on our website so you guys can see it and decide for yourself if you just think it's a bear or if you think it's a Yeti. A book was also written about the trip and the footprints. In the book, Shipton discounted that the tracks belonged to a bear or monkey, as when compared to the tracks of those animals, they did not match up, Carol. Ha!
0: Okay. And you know what? <laughs> he knows more than I do about bears.
1: Probably, yeah. Apparently. Mm. But um One of the more famous entrusted Sherpas was a man named San Tensing who told the Mountaineers that the stories of the Yeti were true and had been seen by the Sherpas for years. He said he once saw one as close as 25 yards away. It was about 5 feet 6 inches tall with reddish brown fur and a hairless face. So it wasn't very big, so I wonder if it was like a kid Yeti. A baby Yeti? Maybe. He also said the Yeti had a pointed head, which is another common description for them. After those photos were published, it inspired more and more expeditions to travel to the area to search for the yetis. And search they did, finding more tracks, but never much more evidence than that of their existence. The Nepal government realized, Carol, that they had an economic opportunity on their hands. They began to offer a hunting license for yeti hunters. Of course
0: they did.
1: Sound familiar? Yes. Maybe that's where the Oklahoma government got their idea. Mm-hmm. The Daily Mail of the British press even sponsored a Yeti hunting trip for hunters, and Life magazine offered twenty five K for any photos of the beast. That's
0: kill the beast. Pretty awesome.
1: As more excitement grew around the Yeti, some scientists were finally able to get their hands on that yeti scalp and hand that had been held for years in Lama Dorji's sacred temple. They got the monks to agree to let them look at the artifacts and in exchange they would give them money to build schools in Nepal. The scientists determined that the yeti scalp was actually just a goat hide and that the hand was a human hand oh, based on what? the human fingers they saw. Of course, they did not know that the fingers were replaced by that creepy Peter Byrne guy. <laughs> but upon the report that the artifacts were not artifacts of a yeti, the explorers started to lose interest in yeti hunting. Well, of course. Wah, wah, wah.
0: What? All these relics are just faked. Mm-hmm.
1: However, people have not given up on proving its existence. They still return items from the Himalayas like bones, hair, and poop to be examined. (laughs) The remains are almost always found to be bears or on occasion a dog. There was even hair once found and turned into researchers in which they determined it belonged to an extinct Paleolithic polar bear. Oh, wow, that's kind of cool. (laughs) That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, Because the bears of the region do have reddish brown fur and other markers that seem to resemble the Yeti, science has decided to kill the idea of the Yeti, but instead believe that the witnesses may be seeing some kind of bear.
0: See, that makes sense to me that it might be like a polar bear, like a giant. Like
1: a weird polar
0: bear Pol- that looks kind of like a guy. Yeah, because the fact that it can walk on four legs, and you've got to admit, in Rudolph, you know, he was white, like a polar bear. And you know how movies always know things, like a polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeti
1: tracks have been discovered in the Himalaya Mountains for decades, but yet no one has actually proven the existence of the Yeti. Even as current as April 29, 2019, an Indian Army expedition team posted photos of more Yeti tracks found in Makalu, which is in the Himalayas on the border of Nepal, Tibet, and China. The photos blew up on social media and garnered attention from media outlets around the world. And of course, now that people have video cameras on them all the time, we are starting to see some video evidence. So, for example, I have a video to show you. Um, I have no idea where this was shot or when because the whole video is in French. But the people that live near the Himalayans say that they know that yetis exist. They've either had their own encounters with a yeti or know too many people who have had encounters with them for them not to believe. So, Carol... I'd like for you to feast your eyes on this piece of video, which we'll also link um, on our website. Here you go. <gasps> what is that? <gasps> what is that?
0: What <laughs> is oh that? Oh, my a, God. Is that a bear? No. It's hard to... Oh. Well, that might be a Yeti. That looks a lot like what I would say a Bigfoot would look like. Yeah. So,
1: I kind of feel like, because everyone has a camera on them nowadays... It's just a matter of time before. But then again, we've had video evidence of Bigfoots and Yetis, and everyone just goes, oh, no, that's made up, or no, it's a visual effect, or whatever it is. So even if we have legit video uh, of an actual Bigfoot or a Yeti, we probably will discount it because at this point, we're so tired of being lied to.
0: That's the world's hardest word to say, is abominable. I really liked your abominable snowman yeti story. <laughs> well, Holly, we can't have Christmas without Krampus. And <laughs> you no, know, I'm not talking about baked goods here. What I like about
1: the Krampus legend is his name because it makes you think of cramps when you're on your period. <laughs> it made me think of
0: bake- bakery items. Really? Why? I don't know. Hmm. Krampus is a half goat man beast demon thing that loves to punish bad little kids during the holiday. The legend of Krampus is most popular in Europe. While the true heritage of this creature is not known, he became popular with the Austrians and the Alpine regions of northern Europe. Krampus was thought to be of pagan origins, said to be the son of Hel, the goddess of the underworld from Norse mythology. Others tie him to an old Norwegian text called the King's Mirror. The story mentions a wild man covered in hair and references a beastly demonic creature. Well, that sounds like the Yeti. It does, kind of, yeah. All these cryptids, they all kind of resemble one another. There was also a 17th century character named Necht Rupert, who figures prominently in a Christmas procession and has a lot of the characteristics of Krampus, who is described as a scary hairy beast with long claws goat hooves, and a monstrous face with massive horns and a long pointed tongue. Sounds like one of my coworkers. Sounds sexy. Mm. In order to really understand Krampus, we have to look to the regions of Austria and Germany where Krampusnacht is celebrated the night of December 5th. Hmm. Krampus means claw and Nacht means night, claw night. Mm. Many Americans think of him as the antithesis to Santa Claus and there does seem to be a connection to a real historical figure known as Saint Nicholas. Hmm. But Krampus acts more like a sidekick rather than an arch enemy. We find that the man Nicholas was born to a very wealthy Christian family who left him a massive fortune when they died. Nicholas grew up to be a bishop and instead of wasting the money used his inheritance to help the poor and sick people in his neighborhood being especially generous to the children. He would leave presents at night, and one famous story is that he dropped these bags of gold into stockings left to dry by the fire of these three young ladies whose father couldn't afford any dowry for their marriage. Mm. And you know, without a dowry, you're you screwed. know, yeah. you're screwed. You can't you, get married. Yeah, you have to have payment of cash or goods um, to give to the groom's family, or, you know, you're basically... Uh, giving your daughter's destiny a life of prostitution (laughs) (laughs) if you don't have anything. (sighs) So the stories of generous Nicholas began to spread to other regions. In the 12th century, there are stories of nuns making gifts and leaving them on doorsteps of children, signing the presents as from St. Nicholas. This tradition became known as St. Nicholas Day and is celebrated on December 6th probably as an attempt to get rid of the former more popular krampus knocked celebration
1: it's probably just for balance you have the Bad. You have to have the good. You know. That kind yeah.
0: Krampusnacht is literally a Krampus run. It is said that Krampus comes down from his Alpine mountains to meet up with his best buddy Saint Nicholas, and together they judge the children who will either get a nice gift <laughs> from Saint Nicholas, or a beating at the very least from Krampus. So Krampus is the bad cop, and Saint Nicholas is the good cop. Yeah, and apparently Saint Nicholas will just stand by watching approving the punishment measures that krampus hands out so yeah they're 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 in on it together they're good friends they're They're but they're drinking buddies awesome so this christmas devil is not just handing out coal as he visits your home it is said he comes bearing weapons wearing chains and you can hear him coming from far away as he stomps his heavy hooves and shakes his bells that adorn his waist He carries whips made out of birch sticks, Mm. beating the misbehaving child and throwing him, in some cases, in his sack to take him away. I can get on board with this. Yeah, and where does he go, you might ask, Holly? I don't know. No, you're supposed to say, where does he go? Oh, where does he go? Where does he go? Well, some say the children are dragged down to hell, and others say he just eats them. Hmm.
1: That's just like the Grunet chick I talked about. Yeah, Grilla. Grilla, yeah.
0: You know, that would have to be some really bad kids to be handing out eternal death in hell for his next meal.
1: They don't have to be that bad. Just annoying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On November 23rd, 2015, a paranormal hotline run by HPI International, also known as Halo Paranormal Investigations, received a very strange call from a family in Massachusetts. Huh. The caller said they were being haunted by Krampus, and a little elf or gnome named Limey. Limey. The family said they were of German descent, and believed the entity was indeed similar to the legendary Krampus, but wanted to remain anonymous. The family has two boys and one daughter. One night at the home, the teenage girl was playing with a Ouija board with her two friends. We know how bad Ouija boards are. They're
1: bad. Don't even do that with friends.
0: The board was starting to answer questions. And when they questioned what its name was and who they were speaking with, the board started to spell out K-R-A-M-P-U-S. Krampus. Krampus. At the time, the daughter had been misbehaving and getting into all sorts of trouble. And after the Ouija board incident, she started seeing a creature named Liney. An elf or a gnome running around the house with pointed slippers, skin with blisters and scrawny legs. She said its face was hideous. Mm. The mother also saw the creature once and said it disappeared under their kitchen table. The daughter claimed she was sleeping one night and heard a noise under her bed. When she peeked over the edge to see... Limey the gnome poked her in the eyeball with a sharp object, injuring her so severely that blood started gushing out. Oh, my God. Her mother, in a mad rush to get her to the hospital, found that the bleeding had just suddenly stopped. Mm. The eye magically healed as if nothing ever happened. While that was going on, Krampus was visiting the two sons who were in a room sleeping in their bunk beds. This is the siblings of the girl who went mm-hmm. to the hospital? Yep hearing knocking coming from their closet door the two boys got up to investigate when a large entity with red glowing eyes came barreling out from the closet and charged right through them they said it felt like a chilling cold breeze
1: Hmm.
0: on christmas eve the daughter said she ran into the same large entity who they think is krampus describing it having horns and red eyes The Krampus beast held her down on her bed and whipped her with branches five times. Oh my God. The caller said her daughter screamed as it was taking place. She was taken to the hospital and evaluated for mental trauma. It was then that the family all decided it was time for a nice distraction to the sunny place of Florida for a week vacation. On returning home, they found their house burned to the ground. Nobody could explain how it started, and since they've moved out of state, there have been no further visits. Wow.
1: God, so Krampus would burn their home to the ground, but then he wouldn't have any place to live himself, right?
0: Yeah. So that doesn't make sense. Yeah, Yeah. whether this was indeed Krampus or a demon pretending to be Krampus, which Mm -hmm. I think... Is more likely because th- this all started after they were experimenting with the Ouija board. Yeah, and honestly, like when I was researching Krampus sightings, there's very few. Okay, it's all like creepy pasta stories or people just making up stories about Krampus, and so I just think, well, this could just be a spiritual attack, and True. that and that spirit knew as a german family they believe in krampus right, right and the right. daughter was misbehaving so yeah. what a great a great um type of entity to do but limey limey the sidekick is kind of interesting yeah you know yeah. those evil elves right. those gnomes limey rhymes with slimy it said the only way to appease krampus if he shows up to your door is not by offering cookies and milk oh no krampus Prefers the hard stuff. Uh, I bet he does. Alcohol. (laughs) And here's a line of cocaine, Krampus. Yeah. Well, thank you. His favorite drink is Schnapps. Really? Isn't that awesome? The towns of Salzburg and other European towns celebrate Krampusnacht by their men dressing up in the scariest outfits and roaming the streets, play acting their beatings with whips, bells, and chains. Wow. The celebrations have gotten way out of hand in recent years, and there have been injuries reported. Most injuries are bruises or concussions from getting pushed or beaten. Hmm. Krampuses always dish it out hard, but usually their blows are aimed at the legs or backside. Some of these drunken revelries also have good old St. Nicholas dressed in full bishop regalia with staff to act as a referee or peacekeeper, handing out treats to settle down the crying children who are brought by their parents to watch the antics. Many towns post warnings to tourists and new immigrants who might be confused (laughs) and terrified of this tradition. Don't call
1: the police if you see strange men out in the street beating someone tonight.
0: Right. This is all part of our tradition. In recent years, the popularity has fueled a desire for large-scale Krampus runs. In Salzburg, for example, you can expect to see about a thousand Krampuses running down the streets of the city. I would think that'd be terrifying. It's not a pub crawl? Oh, it turns into a pub crawl afterwards. Yeah, I bet it does. There have been some creative attempts to try and rein in the revelry by giving each Krampus an assigned starting number and putting barricades up between the demon goats and the spectators. But Krampus is not a great follower of the rules. So he's kind of a hypocrite, right?
1: You have to follow his rules and those are the only rules that matter.
0: Exactly. And when the teenagers taunt him, there comes a reckoning. Alcohol also has been banned in some cases, but the bulky costumes can provide hiding places for a flask. There's even a Krampus-free zone in some towns and festivals where children can escape when they get too scared. But for most attendees, it's a great time just to blow off steam and play, act, or fight. I would like to do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, the whole intention is to scare and not to inflict harm. And it's just amazing. Some of these Krampus masks are hand-carved and ancient, being passed down over the years. Uh People put a lot of time and thought into making their costume. Some of these costumes, Holly, have been estimated to cost around several thousand dollars. Wow.
1: Wow. It's like the comic-con of krampus
0: costumes it's amazing hmm. but the good news is unlike halloween they can bring these out every year and they're always in fashion there were some stories circulated in the past that tell of women who would try to seduce Krampus by feeding him fruit and getting him drunk. Hmm. They hoped he would pass out as this would keep him from punishing or taking their children. Oh, I don't think the Austrians or German women really ever did this. They, <laughs> no. they were always big fans of the scared straight style of parenting. As a matter sure. of fact, they really wanted that to happen, kind I think. Kind of hardcore. Yeah. And in America, the Krampus celebrations are really starting to catch on. Now that we embrace any chance to have drunk celebrations and riots in our streets. <laughs> Yay. Would you ever attend uh, like the Krampus Run Festival? I would think that would be fun. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I, you know, I think it would be really fun. And I bet Santa Claus would love to share the holiday here in the U.S. Because he's had to play both roles for so long. The good guy and the bad guy. Exhausting. Yeah. We should do that some year. We should. One of us
1: will be Saint Nick and the other will be Krampus.
0: Yeah. I'd be a good Krampus. I'd be
1: good Krampus, too.
0: So, Holly. Yes. I think, you know, we need to toast the end to this season. I agree. To Krampus. To Krampus. Yay. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much. Thank for you, guys. For sticking with us. Yeah. And when we take a break, we're going to be planning next year and we'll have a lot of great stuff in store for you. Yeah, we'll be back a little bit later in 2022. That's right. And with one final send off for Christmas. Yeah. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pat. I'm telling you why. Grandpa's demon is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Krampus is coming drunk to your, your town. town. Get your chops out! Woohoo! He beats you when you're sleeping. Freak. He'll whip you when you're away. Oh yeah! He knows if you've been bad or good, but, but he's, he's an, asshole an asshole anyway. You, you better watch out, out. You, you, better cry. Cry. You, you better not cry. Not you better not pout, out. I'm telling you why. Grandpa's jerk is coming to town. Yeah! (laughs) Cha-cha-cha.
1: That's a long, (laughs) long. So, thanks you guys. That wraps up for 2021. We'll see you sometime next year. See you soon. Bye-bye. But no, it was marketed to me correctly on Amazon. Hey, do you want a Mothman? And I was like, yes, I do want a Mothman.
0: Yeah, and stop reading my mind, (laughs) Miss Algorithm. You and I
1: share a bond that goes beyond words, Carol. I don't know what to tell you. Yes, it is. Oh,
0: as I just spilled all over Uh myself. So the Abominable Snowman, otherwise known as the Yeti, he was my favorite character in Rain, Rain Rudolph the Red Deer Reindeer.
1: But... <laughs> <laughs> he was yes. And no, we are not being paid by Yetis. But to, we will be.
0: To, someday, <laughs>
1: you know? someday when people start listening, they're gonna <laughs> They're gonna say wow <laughs> Which even further cemented the abominable. <laughs> I knew I was gonna have a hard time with this. <laughs> <laughs> From the Sherpa dialect. Uh, maybe you said that wrong. The word, I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> the word yeti. Yeti, that's what it is. Yeti. Yeah, so it's weird. He replaced a couple of the fingers with actual human fingers, and maybe he replaced all of them. I don't know what he did, but he did something weird. This guy's weird. Shipton. Shipton. Did I fuck that By up again? By Shipton himself. I need more to drink. Let's
0: do it. Oh, I just tried to pour more We beverage. had an... itch. We had an avalanche happen. We did for both of us, and we both spilled our drink at the it same was time. Bad. They, that's baby. why the hospitals put little caps on their heads because a lot of them are pointy. Because you don't like, want like to go a... to press the top of the head because it makes well, them, their brains all mushy. And their heads. <laughs> <laughs> or we could make we could make stocking caps for Yeti babies <laughs> so they don't have to be embarrassed about their pointy heads. It's
1: very embarrassing.
0: Yeti tracks have been discovered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend like that didn't happen. My intelligence really amazes me when I've had a drink or two. We could be here all the night. For okay, hours. come on. Don't need nothing but a yeti. I don't know, Holly. Why did we? St- why did we have a drink before we started? <laughs> what is? What are you having now? I'm chocolate. Uh, chocolate alcohol. Chocolate alcohol. Well, I want chocolate alcohol. <laughs> But I think too, the idea of the yeti okay. and Bigfoot. Are you chewing and eating and talking at the same time? Yes. Yeah, okay, totally we have got to not do that.
1: Oh, why? The red color of the holiday, and then I think of cramps. <laughs> cramps, cramps and us. Like, we all have
0: cramps. Cramps us. are us. Yeah. Used his inheritance to help the poor and sick sick. <coughs> <laughs> St. Nicholas, help me. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted.
1: Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.